tradition. And this morning we are, might as well do this now, um, we are lighting our third candle, the third candle which is a um, candle that represents joy. The, in, in many of the liturgical um, traditions, pink or rose color is the color that represents joy. That's why um, that is a, a pink candle. So it wasn't just me um, being colorblind and thinking I bought four purple candles and one was a bit off. So, um, and then, of course, the white candle in the middle is the Christ candle, which will light on Christmas Eve. And so, so really, this, this candle, the third candle in many traditions as well, is called the shepherd's candle. So uh, thinking back to last week when we talked about, um, the, are we read in Luke 2, um, the, the encounter with, with all of heaven breaking into those shepherds in the middle of, of a field, in the middle of nowhere, to, to shepherds, which of the day represented you know, some of the lowest of society. And so, again, we have, we have joy because of one of the characteristics of the heaven that we long for is one that celebrates everyone, that invites everyone, that there are no second-class citizens or second-rate people um, in heaven. So that is, that is part of the joy that we, we celebrate this morning. And it is that joy that not only that, that the, the um, shepherds experienced with the announcement that heaven was indeed coming to earth, was indeed breaking into the world, and the world would experience that joy because of the birth of Jesus, but it is a joy that carries through to today where we as followers of Jesus have, have a joy that we too know the hope and, and experience the joy of a God who comes near, of a God who is close. And so that is the joy that we celebrate this morning. 2,000 plus years later, we, we have joy because of Jesus' life. We have joy because of Jesus' death. And we have joy because of Jesus' resurrection again. And the fact that it is, it is that joy that we celebrate as heaven comes, and as we've just sung, here comes heaven, that, that the joy that heaven brings with it is one of his presence, is one of his um, constantness um, that will never leave us, that will never forsake us. And so as we've been doing in this Advent tradition, of obviously we're in a different layout in a room. We've got candles, which we don't normally have. We've had um, lots of different sort of expressions. Today is no, is no different in our Advent tradition. And so what I'm going to do is invite Angela to come up. Um, and as we've remembered from, which I'm, I'm loath to even call us back to, remember when we were in clusters and we had that thing called COVID? Remember that? I know there'll be a ministry time later, but one of the joys of, of I felt like our time in clusters was re reaching into some of those traditions of practicing the way of Jesus. And one of those practicing the ways of Jesus was the, 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 um, the practice of reading large portions of Scripture out loud. And so we're going to lean into that again today. And, and Angela is going to read for us Luke 1. So those of you who know your Bible, that's 80 verses. Um, she's getting paid overtime. And, and, and um, yeah, yeah, I'll stop there. Yeah. 
Anyway, so what I'd like you to do is, again, this is, this is, we are not used to this as a people who are constantly looking at phones, constantly at devices. And so if you could, in the, in the reading of, or while Angela's reading, if, you're, if your mind starts thinking about um, anything other than what's going on in the present moment, use the candles to sort of bring your attention back to this present moment. And so we're going, Angela's going to read Luke 1, but as she does so, I'd like us to just, I'd like to prompt, prompt us with a few things to think about. One being that, that we'll soon quickly realize that this is the story of, of two births two pregnancy sort of narratives going on. And I'd like us to think about why. Like, why why two? The other thing I'd like to think, us to think about is to um, call to mind or pay attention to the extraordinary hurdles that both of these pregnancy stories have, that they embody. And then as we consider that, consider today God's response to the hurdles or the things that we might label impossible. And then thirdly and finally, I'd love for you to consider within the story, within the stories, consider the doubt of those, the people within the story. Consider their pain. Consider their longing. We're going to see, or Angela's going to read, and we're going to hear in a moment, um, some Mary's song, this incredible song of, of excitement, of hope, just an outpouring of worship. Consider, consider their worship. Consider your own worship. And then consider the joy that is on display. You're welcome to close your eyes because it is long. <clears throat> Can I sit on that? So Luke 1, chapter... No, sorry. <laughs> I'll be quiet and start reading. Okay. Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They use the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples having carefully investigated everything from the beginning. I also have decided to write an accurate account for you, most honourable Theophilus, so you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. 
Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you the, this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favoured woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow, overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leapt within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honoured that the mother of my Lord should visit me? 
When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You were blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful, for he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. When it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son, and when her neighbours and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. When the baby was eight days old, they all came for the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zechariah after his father, but Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. What, they exclaimed, there is no one in all your family by that name. So they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him. He motioned for a writing tablet, and to everyone's surprise, he wrote, His name is John. Instantly Zechariah could speak again, and he began praising God. Awe fell upon the whole neighborhood, and the news of what had happened spread throughout the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, What will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty saviour from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. John grew up and became strong in spirit and he lived in the wilderness until he began his public ministry to Israel. Thank you. Um, I wanted to do that this morning just to, um, to remind ourselves, like I think there's something in, in the length of that scripture that, that speak to, speaks to joy itself, that, that for as followers of Jesus, we live a life long in joy. 
It's, it's a story that, that has its very beginnings long, long ago and will continue long after us. That our joy um, is the light of God's presence. That's what we, when we, when we light this candle, it represents, it represents God's presence, the joy that comes from God's presence in relationship with him. That, that even in the darkest of moments, or, or the times that we find ourselves in, that, that we have joy because of his presence. I, I think I love, one of the things I most love about, about being part of a vineyard is, is there's a vineyard theology of, of, um, of God's coming and, the, and his coming again. And it's not solely our theology, but it is something that we, that we embrace is that, that at any given moment, uh, we have a reality in our knowing that God has come, but, but there's more to that in that he's coming again. And those breaking in of those moments can, can happen at any point, at any time, in any place. And there is such a great joy to that. It, may, it th- reminds me of um, C.S. Lewis, if you would like to read a great book on, on joy. It's, um, C.S. Lewis wrote a book called Surprised by Joy. And he talks about joy in this way. Is joy is distinct um, not only from, the, from pleasure in general, meaning like just the happiness, I guess you'd, you'd want to say in, in our language today, but, but also in even from the aesthetic, uh, even from its joy is different from, even from aesthetic pleasure. That is, there's things that we see, there's things that, that make, can make us happy. Because joy, C.S. Lewis says, must have a stabbing or a pang or an inconsolable longing to it. It is the anticipation of joy, the hope for it, in fact, that is part of joy itself. I love that. I love the fact that as we celebrate joy, yes, there are moments and we can experience and know that we've experienced God's joy, but oh my goodness, there's something so much more. I, I love this time of year, and as a child, my, I was shocking. I mean, I was great in many ways, but, but one of the, this time of year, um, my mother, if she was here, would wholeheartedly agree. Um, but um, one of the things I used to love about Christmas was finding Christmas presents and steaming open the tape and unwrapping them and finding out what they were in advance. Um, and I got so good at it that my parents used to actually have my like my presents weren't even on the property and then I realized well the closest family we have is an aunt and uncle so I'd go and start snooping around their house and finding I found presents as well but there's something there's something about it I almost enjoyed the thrill of the hunt as much or more than the present itself um, and that's what C.S. Lewis is talking about. As followers of Jesus, we have that anticipation. And man, if we give ourselves over to the longing of the joy that we have in store for us, of the hope that we have in store for us, of the love that we have in store for us, that in and of itself is part of the joy. It's part of the hope, the promise of what is to come. I ask us to consider, as Angela read um, uh, through, through Luke 1, some of those things. And I'd like to just to take a moment just to really think about or, or sort of invite you to consider um, 
why, why this sort of, obviously you can imagine the birth story of Jesus, but why, why Elizabeth and why Zechariah and, and John as well? And I read something this week that I found really, really, really lovely that I wanted just to put out to us. is Because what, what better way to articulate the anticipation like the genuine anticipation of, of the joy that is to come than, than pregnancy, than, than the birth process. Now, I have no, no standing whatsoever. We're, I'm, we're so excited as a family about the impending arrival of our first grandchild. Um, we don't speak so much about the pain of the journey that will come. But, but mothers in the room, um, for my daughter's sake, can we all agree that there is something miraculous about that moment that in the midst of pain, not for you, you'll be fine, <laughs> but for others, in the, you know, within moments of experiencing what looked like to me excruciating pain, um, there is this joy and love and and it all seems to wash away eventually <laughs> otherwise why do you keep doing it over and over again i feel like if it were a men's thing the world's population would be a lot smaller like i don't i don't know but um but there's something about about this the the journey of of pregnancy and of birth that is just such a beautiful picture of the joy that we have before us as followers of Jesus and this is what i read god's invitation for us to consider in our maybe on our most darkest moments or moments of feeling isolated and alone, that, that in all of our feelings we can think of as a tomb, as a place of death, or in fact, in God's story, a womb, a place of life. That what is to come from those dark moments, only God knows. And we have the joy of, of ex- anticipating what God can do in the face of impossibility. The joy that we that that over the joy that overcomes everything. Like I said, in those moments of birth, that that there is something about seeing the life and holding the life in front of us. That that in a moment, all of the pain of labor, all of the pain of the struggle of pregnancy is washed away, and yet again, life overcomes. Once more, we have the joy of of life overcoming all other things. And I talked about before what I love so much about vineyard theology and of the now and the not yet is that we get to live in a way, I hope we do in a way, that embraces the, the, not only the, the idea but the practice of embracing the joy that we actually have here and now. And so, so what I'd love to do is get five brave volunteers right now to come up if you have any um, dietary issues, maybe don't come up, particularly with dairy. It's nothing gross. Don't think fear factor. Look at these brave men coming up. Maybe stand over here. I need a couple more. Maybe some of the younger ones. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Come on over here. One more. I think, I think I'm five. 
And so what I want to do is sort of demonstrate the fact that, that how, for many of us, we can, we can hold to the story and we can know the story of, of hope and the hope of, of eternity, and that's good. But often when we, when we live in tension and when we're invited to live in tension, is we often, that's hard. That's hard to do. And sometimes we can hold so tight to the joy of, man, one day, one day there'll be this, that we forget that all around us in any given moment there is great joy for us today. And so what I'd like for these guys to do is to embrace the great joy of moments. So we've got, um, each grab one of those. There we go. Do I need one more? Oh, I need two more people. Sorry, I've, I've underestimated. It's not bad, Joel. Can you want to come on up and grab one? So we've got, I need, I need two more people. There's a vanilla, vanilla poached peaches. Like it's a, it's a, they're peaches soaked in vanilla and raspberry. Yeah, there you go. Brave. There you go. Represent, Joe. Well done. All right. So now one by one, I want to take, what do you have there? Um, custard. Yeah. So vanilla custard. Go on and eat that and experience the joy that is the custard. Good? Nice? Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Who's next? Wonderful. New Zealand grown organic blueberries. Good, a good experience. Maybe turn around so everyone can see you. There you go. What's next? Sponge with um, jam and cream. Very good. You see, you're wishing you would have. You're wishing you would have responded. What's next? Oh, raspberries, blackberries. I think they are something like that. That costs twelve dollars. That one thing there. So. Um, I gave a giving talk because it cost, I got reimbursed for that berry and it's cost the church a fortune. So uh, enjoy, yeah, enjoy. What's next? Cream. cream. Vanilla cream as well. Fresh, um, fresh vanilla pods in that as well, yeah. Nice. Omaha strawberries. Maybe get some cream from, there you go, that could help as well. And these are peaches poached in raspberry syrup and vanilla. Good? Wonderful. So all of this represents the fact that we have, there is such great joy. Thank you, you can put it all down. You can, um, there's such, or finish it as well. But there is, there is so much joy that we have in store for here and now. But what I wanted to do is one with one more visual aid, is the reminder that, oh my goodness, we have so much more. There is so much more of God's kingdom. There is so much more joy to embrace that no matter how beautiful that is, no matter how, how great that was and is, and it should be anticipated, it should be experienced, and it should, we should be grateful for those moments. But, oh my goodness, there is so much more. You know, that's why we light these candles. That's why we embrace joy. It's because 
And let me put it to you, you guys are easily impressed, but this is rubbish compared to the joy that we have in store for us. It is a small, small, small token of the hope and of the joy and of the life that we celebrate this morning, that's been celebrated, that is being celebrated all over the world by followers of Jesus, that we carry with us a joy and an expectation of the, oh my goodness, so much more of God's kingdom, and all of us are invited, that no one is excluded, and we can celebrate that this morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm taking this home. No, no, no. Now, this is morning tea. This is part of our morning tea together. Um, so, so why don't we stand... Um, And I'd like to just to circle back um, to, to really in our prayer meeting that, that someone sort of just had, had this picture of just a spring bubbling up into, um, into to dry, dry ground. And it is, I, I loved, I think, of all of the scripture that, that was read is just that reminder of because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. And I think for some of us this morning, that is a word for us. That heaven is about to break in your life. And it might feel like the darkest, you know, tomb-like area of your life. But what if that is a womb where life is going to come? And I spent so much time figuring out this that I haven't really thought too much about responding. But my, I think my gut is that as we all stand, in some way, you'd like to respond to that. Maybe just a manner of holding out your hand. And I'm, I'm going to pray. And we'll just see what God will do. So, Father, as we, as we stand together in your presence, with one, all of, the, um, all of the things of this life in its, and this world in its brokenness and its hardships, the difficulties, the um, disappointments, those things that we thought were going to happen that haven't worked out. The difficult health diagnosis and the, the journeys that just seem impossible. Those areas that just feel really dark and really heavy and, and, and very isolating. God, we just want to invite you to come into those places again to those places of dryness, of, to the areas that we thought were long and truly gone, the areas of barrenness where we just thought there was never going to be life. I thank you for this, 
this truth of the story we heard this morning that nothing is impossible for you. That's in those very places of darkness and of loneliness that you choose to bring life. And not even life to get by, but life abundant. Life overwhelming. Life that impacts life all around it. And I pray that for, for those who are responding today. That overwhelming heaven breathe life into their situations, into their circumstances, into their health, into their relationships, into them. And that as we remind ourselves of the joy that we have in these moments as well, God, would you stir within us and that we would carry forward with us the oh my goodness more of the joy that we have in store. I pray this for each of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Wonderful. Well, that's, that's us. I haven't looked on time. Oh, are you guys going to come back up and lead us in one more song? That'd be cool.